0: Hello, and welcome to Let's Hear Your Story. I am your host, Brenda McCullers. No matter how simple or complicated it is, your story is meant to be told and can help introduce others to Jesus. In this podcast, you will hear true stories of what God is doing within the lives of different people. Some of their stories are personal journeys to becoming a Christian. Others are stories of how God has shown up in their lives. Are you ready to listen? Let's get started. I'm so excited to be here today with Michaela Deegan. Michaela is a mother, a wife, an empowerment coach, a podcaster, and she also attended Liberty University School of Business. She originally created the Coffee, Jeans, and Jesus podcast in 2020, and then was led to empower Latina women through the Fearless Mu-ha, mu- I, see, I knew I wasn't going to be able to say it right. I don't have your your <laughs> accent with it. Mujer, there you go. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> she has a passion to use her story of pain and struggle to empower women to give themselves permission to be who God created them to be. And most of all, she loves Jesus and she loves coffee, which that's a good combination. (laughs) Welcome, Michaela. It's so great to have you here today.
1: Thank you, Brenda. I'm really honored um, that you would share your space with me. And I'm just excited to be here.
0: Well, I am just going to hand the microphone over to you and let you share your story
1: with us. So... I'll, I guess I'll do a short version of my testimony because there's so many stories in between. I feel when someone comes to that, I need you God moment, but basically come from a broken home. I come from parents who, uh, they, they just had a very, very hard divorce. You know, they, even, even when they were together, there was just so much dysfunction, so much toxicity, a lot of tearing each other down and we were, my, my siblings and I were kind of pushed to the side. So we saw a lot of brokenness very early on and we didn't really have that stability that children should have. And I think the divorce left us feeling very broken, very torn. And that's kind of where the pain started and the disappointment and just wishing that it would, it would stop. So when I was around 10, 11, I went to live with my dad and it was really hard living with my dad. He was very like authoritative, dominant, abusive with his words and physically abusive. And so I never really felt that I had a voice and I never really felt that I was safe, that I was truly safe or that my feelings were validated. So I, ki- I kind of saw the world in like a, a, dis- a way of brokenness, disappointment. I saw it through this lens of everyone's going to disappoint me. Then I ended up going to live with my mom and I got into trouble. You know, I, I started partying at 15 and getting drunk in school and smoking weed and running away and just really not wanting to live. I just got into so much trouble because my mom had like really bad depression, but she really wasn't able to be a mom. And that's the way that I see it now. Like she really wasn't able to be there. She really wasn't able to love us because she didn't love herself, Mm. you know, and although she loves Jesus today, it's like you can't take back all the years that that there was pain and there was hurt you can't take that away and remake them it is what it is right so i can only pray for her and see her as someone who was also hurt fast forward i i get pregnant real young i have i have two kids out of wedlock i end up in abusive relationships and i'm i i become suicidal i i like to say that i always was suicidal having those thoughts i wish i was never here you know i, I wish i was never born I wish I could just die right now. And so many nights I plotted my death, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't take my life because so my, my middle son, his father really wasn't in his life. And I knew that I was all that he had. So it was almost like God used him to, I guess, give me some type of hope. And yeah, I I just got to the point where I was tired of my life. I was tired of feeling the way that I felt of jumping from relationship to relationship of numbing my pain through alcohol. And I was just like, if God is real, I need him. I did believe in God, but I didn't really understand that relationship with God. And I just remember crying and telling God, if you're real, you need to fix me because I've tried everything. I've tried everything that I possibly can to feel to feel normal. So I got saved um, on my couch. I was led to the Lord over the phone. I didn't go to church. To me, like, you can't tell me that God isn't real because I didn't even go to church. I literally say the church didn't save me. It was just God meeting me right there, sending one person to tell me, you know, to tell me the gospel, to tell me that I could be forgiven, to tell me that even though I felt dirty inside, Jesus could actually wash me clean. I mean, after that, I still went through things. I got hurt in church. I was still struggling with depression, but now it's like everything that God has done for me, there's nothing I could ever do to repay him for what he did for me. I know that I don't have to repay him, but there's nothing I could do. Other than say thank you with my life. In a nutshell, that's my coming to Jesus story.
0: <laughs> that is so beautiful in the fact that we know as Christians that there's nothing that we can do that could ever turn Jesus away from us. Yeah. Um, he's always pursuing us, he's always looking for ways that he can connect with us. When you talked about your dad, that just made my heart hurt because i know how hard it is especially when you come to know christ trying to figure that whole situation out because when we look at our earthly father we aren't seeing the same thing as our heavenly father how did you kind of get through that
1: was that difficult for you Um, Actually, when I got saved, my dad was really mad at me, because he felt like I betrayed our Catholic tradition, which is strange, because I don't, I don't feel like we were practicing Catholics, you know, it's so crazy, because when I when I did go to church with my my dad and my uncles, because I grew up with my uncles and my dad, there was really no women in my life, you know, my mom wasn't there but we would go to church some, every every once in a while. And right after, after mass, they would have their six pack of beer in the van. So Ooh. it was kind of like they were doing their duty, but there was really no change. And so, you know, the relationship with my dad is kind of difficult. And I'm going to share something very personal only because God has healed me. And or he's healing me, I should say. But also because I, I know that there's people and, and especially Christians who maybe have struggled with this. But when I was 15, I was molested by my dad's uncle. And my dad still had him living in the house, he basically acted like nothing happened. It was almost like, what did this happen? Or didn't it happen? And when I would confront my dad, he would say things like, what do you want me to do? He helps me pay the rent. That alone was hard, but I, I, just, I just distracted myself from it. But three years ago, my daughter told me that my father's brother was doing inappropriate stuff to her. So the short version of the story is that I went to the police, and when I told my dad I was going to do that, he told me not to because they were going to put his brother in jail. Fast forward, we're going to court, and my dad shows up at the court with his brother. And I knew at that moment, it's like that saying, actions speak louder than words. Like, I know where you stand, And so I kind of became the bad guy to my family because it's almost like I betrayed them. But I have to stand up for my daughter. I have to be that voice for her. And it's so interesting because I remember so many nights crying because I literally felt like I couldn't breathe because of the pain that my dad betrayed me twice, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's Psalms 49, 10 or 45, 10, where it says, listen, daughter, and pay close attention. Forget your father's house and forget your people. Mm. And when I when God gave me that verse, I just was like, Okay, God, this makes no sense to me. I'm I'm so hurt right now. But I'm going to do what you say. And so throughout these three years, what began to happen was that I realized that I was finding my identity in my earthly father, in who he wanted me to be in his expectations of me that I felt like I could never measure to anyway. And I began to find my identity in God, in what he said about me in who he said I was in the fact that my mistakes didn't matter. And, you know, that's really where God led me to share my stories because it's the stories that we go through. It's the hard things that we go through. It's the pain that we go through that actually gives other people hope. You know, when you mentioned my dad, it's like a triggering moment, but it's an opportunity to really show that as Christians, we go through things and they're not always easy because it's kind, of, it was kind of like a crossroads for me. Like, do I do what's right in God's eyes or do I to to keep things okay with my dad? Do I listen to my dad? Oh, I'm so glad that you
0: listen to God. You know, you never know how that act may down the road affect your dad and affect where he stands with his relationship with God, because what he was doing wasn't right. Yeah. And I really liked how you said you had to find your identity and what. God thought about you rather than what your dad thought about you. And what God thinks about us is so different. The way that he looks at us is so different than the way that the world looks at us. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm I'm sure also, it really affected your daughter in knowing that
1: you were there for her, and you were willing to stand up for her too. you know, she went to therapy, and it was really hard for her. But I just knew, I think we all know as moms, like our kids have a calling, right? Cause we, we've been called by God, but I knew then, like, it was this moment where I was so mad at the devil that I was like, you're going to come after my daughter, <laughs> you know, being from the inner city, it's like, you kind of grow up in this battle zone. Right. But I was just, you're going to come after my daughter. Really? And so what I what I always tell my daughter is the enemy tried to corrupt you and take your innocence, but he didn't win. And, you know, just really quick during that time, the church we were attending in Chicago, they would put on a big show because they were in the inner city. It's Chicago Tabernacle. They would bring Disney to the kids. So they would put on plays that, you know, were Bible plays, Bible stories. And during that time that we were going through this, it was about David and Goliath. The whole week, it's called Kids Week of Adventure. They were doing David and Goliath. And my daughter was like, mommy, this is my giant. It's almost like, I don't know, I guess she felt like she slayed her giant. And for a little girl to kind of grasp that concept, it's like, wow, it's crazy when you go through things, but then you see the hand of God move. You know, and I really believe that molestation and sexual abuse is really uh, like a generational curse and like a a spirit that just comes upon different generations. And I, I really believe that God, God allowed it to happen so that my daughter could stop it. And that's what I hold on to. I love that. You know, it also talks about
0: in the Bible, I think it's in Psalm 139, and it's also in Isaiah. And I can't remember the location in Isaiah, but it talks about how the children, like if you are a godly person, your children are going to be blessed. And I think the whole blessing is if you have godly parents like you Your children are going to know who Christ is. They're going to grow up hearing the gospel. They're going to grow up hearing how mighty and wonderful our God is. And that's in their heart. That's in their heart. It's there because they've grown up hearing it. Unlike other people who don't have that type of heritage where that they're hearing the gospel, they have to go out and hear it somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) don't get that privilege that blessing of hearing it the whole time they grow up oh thank you i received that (laughs) i love that i love that and your daughter she gets that she gets that blessing just because you're a christian she didn't have to do anything for it and your sons (laughs) amen (laughs) well michaela it's been so nice spending time with you today i love hearing how God has worked in your life, and the changes that he's making and the things that he's doing. And I'm really excited about the journey that he's taking you on with your podcast. So in the description, if you're interested in getting in touch with Michaela or hearing her podcast, I'll have links and everything available for you in that. And I do appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. That was so good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to Let's Hear Your Story. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please share it with your friends and subscribe, write, and review. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at brenmccullers at yahoo.com.